ladies, puberty, PMT, pregnancy, the menopause. Yes, your hormones have been taking you for a ride for years. Hot flushes on the bus, menopausal meltdowns in the office, whatever those hormones have made you do, Jenny Smith and Kate Faust are here to lend a sympathetic ear. Why not write in and share your hormonal hell with the girls? Don't worry, they've heard it all before. It's time to put those hormones in the firing line. This is Dear Hormones. Welcome to your safe space, ladies. Coming up on today's show, quick thinking when a heavy period strikes, and the girls are joined by the menopausal mayhem mother. Hi there, and welcome back to Dear Hormones. Hi, Kate. Hello, Jenny. Hello, everybody. I hope everyone's had a good week. We've had a good week because, very excitingly, we got to speak to the menopausal mayhem mother herself, Emma Skeets. So if you're not sure who this is, uh, get online and look her up. She's like the go-to lady, all things menopause. She has got up to some absolutely hilarious things. In fact, every single aspect of her life could be a letter on our podcast, couldn't it, Kate? It could. And she's written a book, hasn't she, Jenny, called Confessions of the Menopausal Mayhem Mother, which is out now. And if the stories that she has been telling us are anything to go by, you need to buy that book. I'm certainly going to be buying it. I'm definitely going to be buying it. And I actually took the photograph on the cover of that book, Kate. That's how I met Emma. So I went down and spent uh, the morning with her and she cracked me up the whole time that we were there. And so, and then she said that she'd come on the podcast, which I just couldn't believe. So that's coming up. Uh, We'll just read one letter, I think this week, Kate, and then we'll crack on and listen to that interview with Emma. So the first letter we've got this week, it's called Sofa Swap. And it's from Anonymous in Swansea. Mm-hmm. Sofa swap from Swansea. There's more alliteration this week. Yeah. Didn't we yeah. have some last week as well? Uh, yeah, we did. It was Carol from Croydon with the clash. No, what was it? What was her story <laughs> with the yeah. something about going to the oh the Kashmir calamity? That was it. <laughs> yeah, that was about weeing on the jumper, wasn't it? Oh, I love that story so much. That's been cracking me up. <laughs> so here we go. Dear Jenny and Kate, my periods are heavy. Really, really heavy. Not only that, but they wipe me out for a good portion of the month too, leaving me with only a handful of days in my cycle where I can actually operate at full capacity. And that's what we were talking about the other day, wasn't it? One of the other letters mentioned that as well. And I've had that a similar sort of thing as well when I used to have periods, that is. Anyway, she carries on. She says, my story takes me back a few years when I'd gone to visit my lovely friends in their posh, swanky London flat. They have immaculate taste don't have kids and keep the place looking like it's about to be featured in a high-end interiors magazine. Oh, I would like a home like that. Looking around me right now. Yeah, I I want to be magic to that house, please. I want to be that person. Every so often I have a real spate of tidying up and making it look amazing. And then after about two hours, it it looks like an absolute state again. But you are, Jenny, you are quite organised. I seem to remember years ago you telling me all about how you were following the special Japanese method of tidying your drawers. Yeah, so to speak. (laughs) Tidy drawers. And you had your scissors in one bit and your 
rubbers in another bit. Yeah. Sharpness in another bit. <laughs> Marie Kondo that we're talking about. She had the life-changing magic of tidying up book and I was obsessed by it. This was when I didn't have quite so much work on my plate. I had a bit more time on my hands to do this stuff. And she talks you through how to tidy your house up so that you never have to tidy it up again. And there are a few things that she suggests in that book that to this day and that was probably about eight years ago to this day there are still drawers in my house that look as good as they did on that first day and that's the drawer you're talking about Kate where I I sorted out in 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 the dresser in my um, living room have like a stationary drawer and it was an absolute tip and I followed her advice to the letter and I got all the you have to get all these boxes the lids from boxes and you put them inside the drawer and then you sort of have little sub compartments within those boxes where you put your little bits and pieces so there's one little lid that's got rubber bands in it for example and then there's another little box lid that I've got the uh, safety pins and all all that sort of thing little place for the pens for the rulers just as you said and the scissors and I'm going to take a photograph actually of this uh, drawer and I'm going to post it on Instagram <laughs> to show people that it's still looking amazing all these years later because it gives you a place to put things back there's okay. two drawers actually so Jenny you take a photo of yours and I will take a photo of my drawer and you can post that on Instagram as well and the, the thing is after you told me about this I went down the same route and I got some of those little boxes and lids and I put them into the drawer and I put things inside them but actually, I find that it makes it almost worse because those boxes are sort of the, the I then get scissors that don't quite fit into the boxes and then they kind of will like like the spill over the top of the box oh. and then and then I can't close the drawer properly. So I think in fact just the other day I was contemplating getting rid of the boxes no. together again because I think they're just not working for me, Jenny. But if I take a photo of that drawer, maybe you can tell me where I'm going wrong well, I can tell you now where you're going wrong you haven't planned that through properly in the first <laughs> instance so you don't get a box that doesn't fit the scissors you get a box that does fit the scissors to start with and if you get the right shape boxes for the right items you I promise you you'll never look back but then maybe that is the organizer in me I do have a bit of that going on it's really lapsed since I've actually since I've been menopausal funnily enough I've just made that um, connection but um, certainly before that eight years ago I was super good at it and like I said this drawer looks incredible now um anyway oh, where were let's we let's get back on track so <laughs> we, were, we were picturing we were picturing this oasis of calm in this yeah oasis of calm. Oh, yes. so she says uh, they have immaculate taste they don't have kids and they keep the place looking like it's about to be featured in a high-end interiors magazine and then she says the exact opposite of my own place so <laughs> just I like, like this us. woman yeah yes everything was going well we were chatting away in their living room and I was admiring the beautiful white sofas they'd just purchased. Mm. Taking a seat on one of them, my friends asked if I'd like a cup of tea. Yes, please, I replied. And off they went to the industry standard kitchen to rustle up a cup of tea, no doubt using leaves freshly picked and shipped over from India that morning. <laughs> Those friends. <laughs> the friends we all want to be. Oh, we do. <laughs> she says, I was in heaven. But then, just as I settled back onto the sofa, horror of all horrors struck. What felt like a tsunami of blood rushed from my body, leaked straight through my thankfully black trousers and onto the beautiful white brushed oh. cotton sofa. Oh, no. Help, she says. <sighs> and this wasn't a raspberry because we had the letter, didn't we, from the 14 year old a couple of weeks ago. And she thought that the same had happened to her, but no, it was a raspberry. I'm yeah, thinking thank this God. time, 
This time there's no raspberries involved. This time it's an incredibly heavy period right onto the brand new white sofa of her friend's immaculate house. Oh my God, I would be panicking, would you? She says, time was of the essence and I had to think fast. Staring at the big red stain and feeling my heart racing, I frantically looked around the room for a solution. Opposite my sofa was the other identical, beautiful white sofa. So as quick as a flash, (laughs) I lifted the offending cushion off and swapped it with one of the cushions from the other sofa, turning it upside down so that the stain wouldn't be visible. I I love that. Well done. I I then hurried off to the toilet to sort myself out before casually re-entering the room and settling down on the original sofa where a lovely cup of tea was waiting for me. In that moment, I wished to God that I'd asked for something a lot stronger than tea. (laughs) Oh, then she says, I never did fess up to my crime. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope they've managed to keep those sofas in pristine condition and haven't felt the need to turn the cushion pads over yet. (laughs) Well done for thinking about that so fast. I think my heart was racing for her then reading it that was. letter I was thinking what would I do oh quick thinking well done that is really quick thinking I just remember just being at school and I've said this like loads of times on the podcast about leaking onto my school skirt but I had the benefit of having my I had a really big baggy jumper then so I was good I could just tie that around my waist it completely covered my skirt and I just used to walk around like that whenever it happened to me but this is the sort of thing I used to live in fear of it, it happening at somebody's house or somewhere you know where someone else was going to spot it poor woman and on a pristine white sofa I know thanks for sharing that that's brilliant I love that you've shared it with us before you've shared it with them I hope they don't recognize this (laughs) maybe everybody with a white sofa is now frantically turning it over just to see if it was one of their friends (laughs) oh I think the flat was a little bit too pristine to be honest you did them a favor yeah that's right Kate yeah yeah you need a little bit of dust in your life a bit like you Kate when you were finding the Sylvanian family the other day the dust between the floorboards that's what we all need a little bit of dust in our lives come on (laughs) the dust in my house is not just between the floorboards sadly no it's not on mine either but although that stationary drawer is gorgeous <laughs> I can't wait to see the photo no no dust in there right well shall we um play everybody the interview that we did with the menopausal mayhem mother I'm very excited let's do it have your hormones been getting the better of you why not drop us a line and tell us all about it email dearhormones at yahoo.com or find us on instagram at dearhormones Um, Over the last few weeks, you've been sharing your amazing stories with us about the times when your hormones have let you down. Well, our guest today could probably have filled all 10 episodes single-handedly. I'm talking about the one and only menopausal mayhem mother herself, aka Emma Skeets. Hello, Emma! Oh, yeah. Do you know, I'm so glad you remembered my name because for a second there, I I was thinking, "Ah, what is it? (laughs) <laughs> you forget stuff like that I walk up to the the doctor's surgery so often and they say your name please <laughs> and, and, and and they notice the vacant look definitely for a while <laughs> well thank you for having me it's so lovely to chat to you oh it's an absolute pleasure so just to let everybody know Emma and I met when I took the photograph for her new book uh, which is called Confessions of the Menopausal Mayhem Mother and it's out now isn't it Emma so people can buy it right now it is out now and yeah. you know what just I mean I've never written a book before in my life um uh, everybody says you've got a book in you I never believed it I did it and 
it was published, I think, last Thursday, and I'm number five in the world for humour. Now, that, and that is only because all I have done is relay some of the most ridiculous things that I've done since I've hit the menopause. How bad I am. <laughs> and that's exactly why we wanted you on our podcast, because our podcast is all about crazy stories like that, that the menopause seems to make you do not just the menopause. Our, our podcast is all about everything to do with our hormones, right back to PMT and all sorts of crazy things we've been hearing. But the menopause is a big one, isn't it? It completely turns you into a nutcase. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, yeah. And, and in all fairness, I mean, I was slightly unhinged prior to my, <laughs> my, my hysterectomy. To me and that was a story all by itself but yeah it, it, it is it, it messes with your head I mean there's no two ways about it and and um I've been writing a blog now for about four years which has about just under 300,000 followers and, and and that has blown me away purely because I come at the menopause from a very different angle I, I've gone through it surgically so it's been sort of a brick wall I was warned by my surgeon um well, my husband as well, he was sitting by the bed that, you know, I'd, I'd, prior to my uh, anaesthetic and everything, your wife is obviously, you know, quite challenged. <laughs> before you'd even gone in. <laughs> as a human being beforehand, but brace yourself for when she wakes up because things are about to get a whole lot worse. And she wasn't wrong, you know, I mean, the, the it's just an extraordinary thing. I mean, I, I feel that I was quite lucky because I, A, first of all, I got the warning. I mean, I'd essentially been spayed, you know, I mean, everything was gone, you know, the whole lot. But um, yeah, the, the, the memory loss, the brain fog, the instant anxiety, um, paranoia. Um, I, I thought I was depressed. Um, and fortunately, because I had had the, you know, the luxury of, of you know, having, I say the luxury. Oh, but when's the last <laughs> had someone call a hysterectomy, a luxury. Um, but uh, they gave me um, HRT, so I, I was put in, instantly on estrogen, which sort of staved away some of the physical. Um, but because I'm, I'm a little bit bonkers anyway, you know, some of the things that have happened. But the beauty of it is, and this is where you know where I come at it from a slightly different angle. Yeah, is because I was warned, and because I had a an understanding of what was going on. Because trust me, weird stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I, I I found that embracing it with laughter and um, and trying to share some of the crazy shit that I got up to was actually quite um, therapeutic for other people to read. Yeah. You, you really do hear some when I say horror stories and you hear some really sad stuff and um, you hear women, um, you know, saying that this is kind of feels like the end of their life and they don't feel like themselves anymore. Yeah. And I say, look, I get all that. I totally get all that. But get this. Have a, have a listen to some of this. And then suddenly you say, that's it. But I say to them, okay, once you've got over the initial embarrassment of, you know, trying to get out of your car with the seatbelt still on um, and hanging and having to be sort of, <laughs> you know, by the, by the car washes in Tesco's car park or um, <laughs> getting to the checkout and you've forgotten your own handbag or, you, you know, whatever. Um, go home and before you sort of, take take something desperate like a swig of vodka which actually is also a very good remedy just to say um, <laughs> yes <laughs> before you do that actually sit down and realize how funny it is 
I mean, because there are moments where literally it is mortifying and and and, and I've got a couple for you if you want to hear. Brilliant. We definitely want to hear them, Emma. <laughs> we desperately want to hear them. I just, I wish for you, Jenny, that you had known about Emma when you first started going through your perimenopause because it's, it's exactly what you were looking for, isn't it, Jenny? You exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why what, what um, Kate means here, Emma, in the fact you've got so many followers because that's, like she said, that's exactly what I would have wanted when I very first got these symptoms. I didn't know what was happening to me. I was scared, stupid. I thought I was going mad um, but you know had I found you sooner I would have been able to laugh about the things that I've done a lot sooner than I have obviously on this podcast I do share quite a few of the things that I've been doing but it's taken me two years of settling down my hormones sort of like settling for me to have been able to to speak about them out loud you know so I think what you're doing for all these women is is crucial Emma and for yourself I think it's obviously making you feel better too isn't it oh uh, absolutely um from, from my perspective you know the, the therapy that I get from um, writing it down because I'm a writer that's what I do for a living yeah to to actually sit down and explain not only what has happened but how it's made what how it's made me feel but also the people around me um, and just the overall hysteria of um, just forgetting the most ridiculous things Yes. You know, I, I mentioned to you, I mean, I think one of the first ones that happened was I was trying to be good mummy when the girls were younger, um, because I, this, I think I had my hysterectomy about five years ago and it was pouring with rain. And um, I decided to drop the children off at school rather than make them walk in sort of, you know, stair rods. Um, I, it, I, it was nice mummy morning. Um, and I, I drove to school did the u-turn at the end of the road came back again and um the kids were still in the car <laughs> they got back on the drive absolutely <laughs> nothing and i said to them why didn't you say something they said we didn't want to go to school anyway and we knew yeah <laughs> and i mean Brilliant. the other one that was um just unbelievable and 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 to this day when i turn up at the the, the surgery they, they they still find they still mention it Mm. that I had to take the dog to the vet um, and I turned up at the reception desk and they said um sorry who, who are you here you know here with and I said I thought Spencer Spencer who's very famous by the way on the blog lovely um, Spencer for his, for his vaccinations and they said well where is he and I said dog in the car no dog's still at home Oh, you're kidding. You actually went all the way to the vets without Spencer. Without Spencer. Then got out of the car without Spencer. (laughs) And because they said you've left him in the car. And I said, yeah, of course I have. No, Spencer's still at home. Had to ring them and say, I'm just, I'll be 10 minutes. Oh, Emma. No, I mean, and, and, but stuff like that. Yeah. Happens. Because I, I, I used to think, okay, it's because I'm busy. You know, I've got loads of plates you know in the air uh, lots going on it isn't it's the yeah money. I think that's I think a lot of women do that Emma I certainly was one of those people you put it down to your life because I think by the time we get to the menopause we have got 101 things we're doing a lot of us might have teenagers we're you know a lot of people are at the top of their game at work they're juggling so many things so when you start forgetting stuff like that you do you put it down to your lifestyle rather than your hormones don't you yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I had a, um, a message from a lady the other day who, who followed the blog who said, you know, you actually saved me this morning because she got she was driving her kids to school. I think they were possibly a little bit older, maybe teenagers. And she said, all of a sudden, I couldn't remember the way. And she said it absolutely terrified her to the point that she had to find a lay by 
and sit down, you know, literally just breathe a little bit and think, why can I not remember how to get to school? And she said, you know, it, she almost had a panic attack. And then she, so she, she was sitting in the lay-by, luckily she wasn't late. And she went onto my page and started to read the story that I'd so want to tell you because um, I'd put it up, I don't know, because I think it was actually probably a couple of years ago, um, around about this time. And um, it was during a very hot period. Um, and I just knew that my husband was cleaning or washing his car. Of course, he wasn't washing mine. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> and we this big sort of green area out the front, which is called the kickabout area. And um, he called me, my husband, he said, M, M. I said, what, what, what? He said, you're not going to believe this. He said, Jamie Dornan is on the green. We do have, there's quite a lot of celebs that live in the area that I live in. I live in West Sussex and they all seem to be teaming down here. They, they leave very quickly when they know I live nearby. But um, anyway, so yeah, he said, Jamie Dornan's on the wow. green. He's playing football with his kids. Now, oh my God. Big um, beach hedge. So I grabbed my uh, now 18 year old, so she must have been 16 back then, who's got a figure to die for. <laughs> yeah. I, on the other hand, don't. <laughs> So I quickly grabbed her and I said, right, listen, we are going to pretend that we're looking for the dog. Okay. What a great idea. <laughs> great idea. <laughs> got out. He's got out. He's escaped. We need to find him. So I'm just going to kind of stand behind you with your washboard stomach and looking fabulous. And all he'll see is my head. <laughs> my hands around her waist and I was hiding behind her. And then just to mess everything up, the dog appeared from the house which didn't, that blew the whole cover. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I realised that. Sorry, of course, sorry, because you're, you're trying to find Spencer. I'm trying to find the story. Spencer. Yes, and here I'm comes Spencer. calling him from, you know, sort of the other side of the, the downs link. And, and he suddenly appears from the house. And it's, so Georgie, the, my daughter, gives up the ghost and goes, oh, mum, I can't be doing this. So off she goes. And I'm left standing there with the dog behind me or sitting next to me. Anyway, there's this lovely chap on the green, hot as you like. Well, he is. Jamie Dornan is gorgeous. Yeah. Well, it's, funny enough, it wasn't Jamie Dornan. Wind what? up. No, wind <laughs> up. Just a very hot man with a very strong. <laughs> I decided that, you know, let the joke be on him, really. You know, quite frankly, the guy was really good looking. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over and sort of work the old female charms. Yeah. You know, it's a lovely hot day. He's, he, you know, he'd got a lovely cool box. I thought, you know, what? And, and plus the fact, I thought I'd better go and bloom and explain the whole fiasco that had just happened beforehand. So I went over and I was chatting away to him and he, you know, he could not have been nicer. Beautiful. I can't say oh. it was very, very difficult to not draw. Lovely. Um, but yeah, no, he was lovely. And um, you know, there was quite a lot of giggling going on, and um, you know, and I thought, is this man flirting with me? <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I think the menopause also gives you a little bit of a problem with you know facial readings and stuff like that. <laughs> I also heard a shed load of laughing on the driveway at my house, oh. and I thought, okay. I would have thought that my husband would have been a little, just a little bit annoyed that I'd gone out there and was slightly flirting with this yeah. guy. You almost want him to be a bit jealous about that, don't you? Yeah. Well, there I was, you know, heading out there and we were having just such a lovely chat. <laughs> I think mildly uncomfortable. That's why I thought, you know, maybe he's he, sort of mildly uncomfortable, terribly friendly, slightly giggly. His kids were laughing. They obviously thought I was quite funny. 
Then I had that, but my children were hysterical. And I thought, well, okay, this is now what's going on. So after about 20 minutes of desperately trying to flirt successfully with this man, yeah. um, one of my kids came and took pity on me and just said, mum, mum, shouted over, she came and grabbed my hand. Mum, time to tea's ready. And so I got sort of taken in like some sort of strange patient. And I said, what did you do that for? She said, mum, you have no trousers on. <laughs> and oh God, I looked down and I was wearing the biggest pair of pants you have ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, they, if in a strong wind with strings attached, I could have made it to Worthing. <laughs> I have never been so mortal. And do you know the worst part was he lives around the corner and I oh. <laughs> I now run into him about once every two weeks. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Emma, does he know who you are? Does he know that you blog about this stuff now, do you think? <laughs> are you joking? I mean, I think he's in the book. I think he's in the book. <laughs> he's, he's lovely. And, you know, I'm trying to remember his name now because actually we did, you know, we did have a bit of a laugh about it afterwards. But I just said, I because I had to then go back and explain that I had no idea that A, I wasn't wearing any trousers. And B, the pants that I was wearing, seriously, are like, you know, um, when you put a little toddler on yes. the baby they're like that. It was like I don't a know large. <laughs> it wasn't like I was wearing, you know, really nice, sexy bikini bottoms with the thigh gap going on. Oh, no, 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 no. None of that. Oh, that is fantastic. I knew when you were telling the story, I knew something was going to be amiss at the end. And I was thinking, what's it going to be? What's the worst thing that it can be? But nothing, nothing prepared me for just quite <laughs> no trousers. No trousers on. In fairness, that's not the only time I've done the no trouser thing. I have Really? Opened- Oh, and I've opened the door to many a delivery man. And one <laughs> poor chap, I was just wearing ankle socks. Oh. <laughs> and nothing else. Well, very. <laughs> um, fortunately, Spencer covered up my, you know, let's just say that he kept, kept my some of my dignity intact. My dignity is never intact. But. <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah, you have these situations and, you know, that would not have happened before because I would have remembered to put some trousers on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, in fact, weirdly enough, I had my vaccination, my second vaccination on Saturday, yeah. um, very, very early on Saturday morning and got up, didn't want to wake the household up, got up and went to have my vaccination in my Peppa Pig pyjama top. <laughs> um, and so, and once again, that was not, you know, things just don't occur to you. It's, yeah. um, it is this part of your brain, it's like you've had a lobotomy, yeah. to be quite frank. Yeah, uh, but yeah, at the time with okay, Jamie Dornan's um, lookalike, I nearly murdered my family, and the only sort of consolation for me was that my my husband still had a bucket of what had gone then very cold water, and he was covered in it. But I was that <laughs> you do after, after what you've got to do is you've then got to go and sit in the back garden, and you've got to go and sit somewhere, hang your head in shame, and then laugh. Yeah, you laugh. have to. You have to laugh. Jenny, it makes my my appearing on these Zoom calls looking semi-naked. Maybe I, I would have been, it would have been fine. But Emma, <laughs> the last time Jenny and I had a Zoom call, I appeared on the call and I, I was wearing a sort of a strapless kind of thing. And Jenny said, Kate, you're not wearing any clothes. And we had a big laugh about it. And then she said, when we said that we were going to have this call today, she said, Kate, can you please make sure that you wear something for Emma? 
<laughs> like, please, like wear something. And I and I and I didn't. I forgot again, and I was wearing nothing. So I've, I've just gone and I've put something that's got some straps on, so it looks as though I am wearing something. But now I'm thinking I would have been in quite good company, and you wouldn't have minded, Emma, if I'd have just like I would not have even noticed my darling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what she came on looking like one day. Yeah, I do love that. No, I love that. But but I do look at those spaghetti straps because there was an article the other day about Jennifer Aniston, and and you know I would just need scaffolding. I mean. You know, <laughs> It's no, it's no longer a pull-up bra. It's a push-up, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky you, I say. Oh, no, no, no. Trust me, it's got nothing to do with size. It's to do with gravity, my lovely. <laughs> and let me tell you, there's one, one last message with the menopausal maze. Yeah, go. You're done with me. <laughs> the midwives lie when they say your breast returns to normal after breastfeeding. <laughs> they don't. That's so true. I mean, I've, I've not been blessed with very much up there, but um, they never were the same after giving birth and having breastfeeding for nine months. You know, no, I absolutely agree with that. And going back to your um, story about the brain fog, we actually had a letter a couple of weeks ago about a woman who went to her holiday cottage and got lost in it. So she couldn't find her way from the, from the bedroom uh -huh. to the living room. Yeah. So it does happen to so many people. Isn't it scary? Well, that that's the thing. And I think, I think, um, for many, many women, um, especially when they've been, um, you know, professionals, um, they have been in control of their lives. I am, I, I mean, my husband and I are, are, are talking cheese. He's misorganized. I am chaos on legs. But I think if you have been, as a rule, generally a pretty organized person, maybe, um, you know, run a high powered job. I think that's when it becomes extremely frightening is, am I going mad? And, and, and one of the things that um, comes out a lot with women that I talk to and who private message me, etc. Is am I going into early dementia? Yeah, that's what I felt, and and that is scary, scary stuff. And the message I would give, as I say to all women, is first of all, go out and buy my book because if, if, if this will show you, I travelled around the world for eleven years on my own but um, I did not have a care in the world. Um, and there, there must be some kind of sensibleness. I made that word up <laughs> within me somewhere to have survived that. And then I held down a full-time job for 17 years as a print manager. If I, and then, and then I've become this menopausal mayhem mother and, and the book is called the Confessions of the Menopausal Mayhem Mother. And I have gone completely loop the loop. But I've managed to so laughing about it is, is definitely the most important thing. But don't be frightened because essentially your body needs estrogen. Mm. Estrogen matters. It's a really important hormone. And what's happening when you hit the perimenopause is that your hormones are doing some kind of pogo dance. You know, it's like some sort of punk rock dance. And it's messing not just with your reproductive system, but, it, you know, you've got adrenal glands or you've got you've got glands all over your body that are, are emitting hormones um, and that can be do with you to do with your brain it can to be do with you to your, your sleep pattern i am going uh, Spencer is at the back door the the, the loony dog scratchy mm -hmm. um and and this is the thing so it, and it can sometimes be instantaneous and it can it can come upon you like i say with that poor lady who almost had a panic attack because she couldn't remember how to get to school and she'd done the school run for five years or it can suddenly, you know, come upon you in the form of insomnia. Um, so you suddenly stop sleeping. And I had that too. Yeah, three or four times a night. And that, of course, can bring on anxiety. It can bring on brain fog. It can bring on a really bad paranoia. Plus, 
you then start gaining weight and there's all these things and you stop feeling like yourself and I think um, people do get frightened that they're either losing it um, they have some kind of brain tumor I've had women saying that they thought they had a brain tumor yeah I mean because of the anxiety and the anxiety is lying to you it's irrational and so I would definitely say first of all to just make the natural assumption to begin you are going into the menopause and you can still be having periods at that stage but it's your hormones are dancing they yeah. are a great time and they are playing games with you yeah um and so seek medical help your gp is possibly your first first port of call but i would say that the nhs is so massively overstretched at the moment that um, i would definitely if you can afford it um, invest the money in a private practice because that's where you will get a really, really, you'll get somebody who will listen to you for 45 minutes and knows what they're talking about. Yeah, that's the thing, the who knows what they're talking about because so many GPs, and we've had lots of letters in actually that we're going to do on, on a future episode about women who've been fobbed off by their GPs saying at 52, oh, they're too young for the menopause. I mean, this is what the GPs are saying. So I agree with you. I think if you can afford it and you can go private, yeah. go and speak to someone who you know is going to know what they're talking yeah, about. Absolutely. Um, I, I've done some work for an amazing um, outfit called the Menopause Consultancy uh, oh, yeah. in the past. I, all I did was present a short film for them, but they, um, they do uh, virtual sort of remote consultations. And they mentioned something that was really interesting to me, that you actually live longer postmenopausally than we do pre-menopausally. Yeah. So what is really, really, really important is this is our time. And we've done the tough stuff. Um, <laughs> we've done being pregnant. We've done being, you know, oh, who brought up the latching on thing? You know, we've done that bit. Oh, um, we've done being covered in sick. We've done the, the you know, have trying to enjoy Thomas the Tang Engine. We've we've done all that, and and then and then we get the teenage years, and then it's our time. This is really really our time to shine. We know a lot more than we did back then, or at least. We're remembering some of it yeah yeah <laughs> but it's so important to try everything possible to now really glow and shine and be the best version of you and it doesn't matter if you I mean I had dreams of being a helicopter pilot and what I've ended up being is the face of the blooming menopause I mean, <laughs> it's slightly different having said that lives have been saved let me tell you I bet they have but I really think that, yeah, if you can find laughter and if you, you know, and if, and, and if you can, at the, at the moment, if you can't find laughter within yourself, then come and laugh at me on, um, I mean, you can either come and look at the blog, which is on um, Facebook, which is called The Menopause and Million Mothers, Instagram, same name, or you can just buy the book. Um, the yeah. book is story of the last 20 years of my life. Yeah. Um, I had a plan. It went tits up and it was, uh, the journey has just been an absolute yeah and it will be hilarious that's for sure thank you so much emma for coming on our show we really appreciate it i feel like we're in the presence of royalty <laughs> oh, bless your menopausal royalty also emma just remind me what you said to me as when i left your house after taking that photograph you said something to me about we're in the harvest of our lives was that the phrase you used some absolutely we have sown all our seeds and we now, must, this is the harvest time of our lives. Oh. And the harvest is the best. It's, I hear women talking about the fact that they feel this is the twilight. This is the, the end, you know, and, and, and it's actually a very primal thing. You know, we, we feel because we are the reproductive part of the human race, if you like, um, that once we can no longer reproduce, we're kind of useless. Um, and make no mistake, women are still being told 
that they are now barren. They are useless. They are put out to grass. Sod that for a game of soldiers. This is our time. Let's get out there. Let's travel. Let's see the world. I traveled when I was, I started traveling when I was 18 until I was 29. I did not have a clue what I wanted. I didn't know what I wanted to see. I just kind of followed the crowds. Um, now, um, and I haven't quite told my husband this, so I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm planning a trip and I don't know when it's going to happen. When, when this blessed pandemic's over, I mean, I, I'm convinced my Labrador organized that. So yeah, he could have me with him all the time. <laughs> but when, you know, I want to go and travel the world and see all the things that I know I want to see because I know myself really well now. And it is our time. And okay, our bodies might not be the same shape and we might not be feeling as amazing as we once did from a physical perspective. But do you know what? This is our time. This is the harvest. Let's harvest. I yeah. love that, Emma. Thank you so much. What a lovely way to end this chat. And hopefully a lot of women will feel really inspired from listening to you. So thank you so much for coming on the show, on this little podcast of ours. It's been such a joy seeing you. And, um, and the book is selling like hotcakes. Could you tell us again, Emma, what's the next? Can you repeat the name of your book for us, please? Because I'm going to be buying it. Confessions of the Menopausal Mayhem Mother. And it's available on Amazon. And the photograph on the front and the photograph on the back have been taken by the amazing Jenny Smith. Oh, um, Emma and Jenny, Emma and Jenny. I could not recommend highly enough to top celebs. Trust me, she's amazing. Thank you, Emma. Oh, I just love that you've came on our show. We feel totally honoured. Thank you so much. Anytime, my darling girls. Lots of love. Thank, Thank you, you so Thanks much. so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 What a treat to meet Emma. That was just fantastic. How lucky that you met her, that you went and photographed her. I know. What a result. We got on so well during that photo session and everything she was telling me that day was cracking me up. And I thought all, all, the, all the time I was thinking, she's like a walking dear hormones podcast. <laughs> everything she said was like, oh my God, that is like incredible. That is incredible. That's amazing. You've got to come on my podcast. Couldn't believe it when she said she would. I was like almost overcome. I am absolutely going to be buying her book. So it's Confessions of a menopausal may of the sorry confessions of the menopausal mayhem mother that's right yeah um and what a lovely way so this actually kate this um we decided to do our podcast in seasons didn't we and this is uh episode 10 and we've decided that this is the end of season one so what a lovely way to have ended our first ever podcast um season with the, them with um menopause royalty <laughs> what a brilliant season it's been i've enjoyed every minute of it and that was just a ex a wonderful way to end it yeah as you say. and please do keep writing to the show it's uh, dearhormones at yahoo.com and we're at dearhormones on instagram because we are coming back with season two don't don't worry about that we just have a couple of weeks off now um get our heads together get some more stories in and then we're going to come back with season two season two kate i'm really quite excited and jenny this was all your idea can i say jenny oh. Um, because of what what you went through when you went through the perimenopause, so what a great thing that you have you've done here. Oh, thanks, Kate. You're you're gonna make me cry now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wanted the podcast uh, well I wanted to be able to share the things that I'd done I needed to try and make myself feel a bit better and it's been lovely hearing other people sharing things and them telling us that they've also felt better that was the that was the whole point so I think even if only one person's ever listened and that one person was helped then we did what we wanted to do but we know it's been a lot more than one so thank you to everybody who has subscribed keep doing so like I said we'll be back very soon with uh, season two so we'll see you then goodbye thank you goodbye 
That was Dear Hormones with Jenny Smith and Kate Bouse. If you've got a story to share, email the girls at dearhormones at yahoo.com or they're at dearhormones on Instagram. Until next time...